You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Coleman Power Organic Fitness Podcast. I have my latest guest here in front of me, Fiona. All right, Fiona, so we'll say hello to the listeners. Hey, guys. Would you like me to introduce myself? Most certainly. I want you to give your elevator pitch in relation to what you do and who you are and where you're based. Fantastic. So um, my name is Fiona Staunton. My business is Fiona's Food for Life, and I make cooking good food uncomplicated. So I do this through uh, live cooking in real time, either virtual or, say, in the workplace where I bring in my kitchen. And the idea being if you taste, smell and see something, you are much more likely to uh, to make it yourself. Or if you see it, you know, say on screen and you can ask questions and you can see everything step by step. I mean, I don't even peel a carrot or chop an onion or do anything like that before the beginning. All I do is I have the ingredients ready. And as I go, I share everything. Absolutely love that. I suppose I want to know how did you I suppose get into health and trying to I suppose improve your I suppose lifestyle in itself. Uh, well, Coleman, I was always into food, um, and uh, when I finished in school, I did a degree in home economics teaching in Trinity, and then I went to Ballymaloo Cookery School. I did their course, and then I worked for a year in Ballymaloo House as a chef under Rory O'Connell, and then I set up my own catering business um, in Dublin and then headed off to Australia, fast forward, had a child, came back. (laughs) Um, And then about seven years ago, I love helping people with a problem, particularly around food. So if they say, oh, this person needs this and they're allergic to that, what can I cook? And I don't have time. That's what I love, helping people solve those problems and making um, cooking from scratch easy and accessible and, and to nourish yourself. So um, I've been doing that for about seven years now, and I'd be very much into uh, I cook from scratch all the time, fermented foods, etc. cetera. Um, and then during, um, during lockdown, unfortunately, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So um, I had a mastectomy and hormone therapy, which put me into an induced menopause overnight. So all of those symptoms you hear about, I, I literally got the whole lot uh, all overnight. Um, and so that really made me focus in on what nutrients we can have in menopause to, to help us. So I was lucky I already had the healthy diet and lifestyle heading into to that um, disaster, shall we call it. Mm. I just want to, I suppose, bring, bring it back there just a tiny bit. You were talking about fermented foods and how important I love the fact that how good they are for our overall gut health. What do you, I suppose, issues do you come into contact with with uh, some of your clients and what fermented foods do you recommend and what are their benefits? Just to the listeners to expand on that point. No problem. Well, it sounds like I'd say we could keep talking about this all day, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> so a lot of the time I would have clients who would come to me who have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or some other digestive issue. And they might have been told by a doctor or nutritional therapist or dietitian that they should be having probiotic foods. So probiotic foods, the natural ones, they are nature's probiotics, which we can create ourselves. And it does it has so many different effects on the digestive system. It's just, I could keep going all day, but I suppose the practical side of it is where I'll talk to you about it today. So an example, yogurt is an example of one. So long as it says live yogurt on it, or it lists the cultures on the ingredients in the back, 
that's a really good source. Uh, but there's other ones. We've got like miso, um, sauerkraut and kimchi. So all of those beautiful organic vegetables that you show everyone to grow, they are perfect when you've got surplus of those. There's so many fabulous ways you can do it. I mean, I chop up um, during the summer. I do one where I would blitz up um, white cabbage, uh, kale, uh, pineapple, mint, loads of different things like that. And they'll put a bit of salt on them, massage them all, let all of the, the lactic acid bacteria build up. And I would make this lovely um, sauerkraut that I call it my summer kraut. And I have that in a jar and you can use it for months. So any day you don't have vegetables, you haven't got things prepared, take a spoon of that, put it on the, the side with your omelet in with a burger. So many different things. Kimchi is another one, which is I use a Chinese leaf and it's slightly spicy. So I use the uh, gochugaru spice with that. And I like to put in a bit of Irish seaweed into it to give it rather than the fish sauce to give it a bit of an Irish uh, twang. And then that one you kind of massage in a paste onto that. And it's really quite, uh, quite a pong from from the jar of that kimchi. But that is lovely with eggs. And then you might look at something like a, a kefir. So I do two types of kefir, a milk kefir, which is a, a kefir is a, a grain, which is comes from the Caucasian mountains between Russia and Europe. It has thousands of years of history. And what I would do is I would put the grain with a bit of organic milk and it ferments like a thickish yogurt. And that is amazing. I mean, that's the easiest and probably the, the most powerful probiotic that you can make at home. It's lovely on a, a muesli, in a smoothie, so many different ways. Or it's lovely ice pops during, we're recording this during the, the heat wave we have. Um, so kefir ice pops are fantastic where I blend it up with a bit of fruit and freeze it. And then it's, it's beautiful, refreshing for your gut health. And the other one will be water kefir where it's a slightly different grain, but you have a sugar water and you have organic lemon and dried fruit. And ideally the grains are going to absorb all of the sugar and ferment and they make a naturally bubbly, beautiful, chilled, refreshing drink. So that's my short synopsis on fermentation. I just love that. I could listen to her talk to you about gut health all day. And I love that you're making it from scratch. And so that's your whole niche that you're doing it on a regular basis and trying to make it for as simple as people to do the same thing. Because once you start putting that to practice, you gain people who cook from scratch typically are much healthier. Why? Because they're inevitably going to then eat it. And then you are then if you have children or you have other family members or partners, you inevitably have a knock on effect to their overall health. Absolutely. And you can't store the probiotics. So the important thing is to have them throughout the day every day. It's not like you can just have it all on a Monday and you're sorted for the week. So it is important to try and build it in slowly, but regularly. It's fantastic. With it's about gut health, we're just on now and the a lot of people suffering with IBS and irritable bowel syndrome. Are there certain times and certain specific foods, such as maybe yogurt, to try and improve the gut line that you would recommend to people? Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many different, there's a huge array because um, sourdough can also be good, really good. This is a natural sourdough now, one that I'm talking that you will make yourself and it's all wild yeast in it. That can help heal and seal your gut, but there's a variety. So if I were to give you an example, in the morning, I might have a smoothie where I put the kefir into it. Then at lunchtime, I might have eggs with a bit of kimchi and sourdough bread. Then in the evening, I'll always have a jar of sauerkraut out. During the winter, a lovely cup 
of miso soup would be, you know, that you like we would have done bovril back in the day. Um, so you dissolve it in three quarters boiling, one quarter cold water, and you've got a beautiful drink. So there's so many different ways, you know, you could have tempe, loads of different ways that you can have it. The idea is just trying to mix in a little bit and also what works for you. For example, if you can't have dairy, you might be able to try the coconut. Uh, milk kefir and then every third or fourth batch you'd need to just put the um, cow's milk kefir into it so that it will or cow's milk into the kefir so that it'll keep it happy but you know there's depending on what your diet and what you follow there's loads of different options that you can have. Would you yourself have a particular preference towards people going more plant-based or having a, I suppose the standard diet inclusive of eggs meat and dairy? I would be the latter, but I will be kind of plant focused. So half of my plate is always going to be fruit and vegetables and then whole grain and protein. Personally, I eat absolutely everything and I love my oily fish and I love my eggs, but I understand there's different preferences for, for people. So and that's what I do with my recipes. I tend to have variations so that if you are following a particular diet and that is your your choice, your, your medical guidance, then you can you can easily adapt the recipes and do that. So, yeah. And everyone is completely different. And I would have a similar preference to yourself that understanding foods that suit you and you digest well is very important because if you're picking a diet just because you've seen someone on social media and it doesn't suit you or your lifestyle or your particular area that you're in and your gut, that's going to cause poor gut health and poor gut health leads to poor health. And then that's linked with, I suppose, low energy levels and other major issues further down the line. Yeah, and just to be careful in case anyone is deciding that, great, I'm going to start the fermented foods now, you need to start slowly. So, for example, um, anyone in my house could easily have a large kefir smoothie, no problem. But if you're not used to it, you start slowly with a tablespoon, either a tablespoon of kefir or a tablespoon of sauerkraut so that your gut gets used to it. It would just be shocked if you put it all you know, too much in too quickly. And that actually happened to myself. And I suppose everyone is learning as, as we go along, as we were talking about, I suppose, before the likes of this podcast recording. I would have, I suppose, yes, oh, now I've read about and listened to podcasts and all these books and information I've consumed. Oh, fermented foods all the way, improve 90% of my serotonin produced in my gut, 70% of my immune system. I started having the likes of apple cider vinegar with my breakfast. I was having sourdough bread. I was having kefir. I was having kombucha. And as a result, of that, I had an overabundance of fermented food, and it, which are high histamine. And you started to get, I suppose, shorter breath because it was acting up on my likes of my, um, my lung capacity. So it's something that it's something that everyone should uh, small doses and build up your tolerance. It was just like yeah. Usually your your bowel movements will give you a good indication whether you've got too much or not. So yeah, and that's what that's very interesting. This was we all have to I suppose incrementally improve and add in small amounts at a time. Um, I want to suppose bring it and lean it towards uh, the area, the topic of this podcast is maybe the perimenopause and the menopause. Uh, I suppose we could expand on what those are for people to start off the basics and we can get deeper in towards it. Sure. Uh, well, one of the things that you might know is menopause is actually one day. Okay. So menopause is the anniversary of 12 months of no period. So that's what menopause is actually one day. Perimenopause is the time leading up to menopause. And that could be eight to 10 years, minimum one year, obviously, but it could be as high as eight to 10 years. And then after that, you've got postmenopause. So perimenopause symptoms can start from mid-30s. 
So even if you're having regular periods, you can still have perimenopause symptoms. So they might be things like night sweats or hot flushes or a loss of confidence or brain fog or joint pain. So there's like nearly 40 different symptoms you can have and they can just start at any stage. Sometimes it can happen really early, but generally once you get to 40, you should be aware of these to, to keep an eye out for them. Um, and then what happens is your estrogen during peri perimenopause, your estrogen and your progesterone levels will shift hugely. So they'll be up and down. And then once you're in menopause, your estrogen levels are dropped. And that is what is going to change things. So when we gain weight around the middle, that's those fat cells are there to produce estrogen. So they're helping our body compensate for the estrogen that we used to be used to, but no longer have. Um, and so there's lots of different symptoms that we will have. And it's just being aware of them all, the more edge and it's different for everyone. Okay. There's, you know, it's absolutely different for everyone. And you've got to just try and work with what it is uh, for your body, but there's lots of ways you do your diet and lifestyle that you can do. And then you can also see medical practitioners, et cetera, to, to go further uh, to support yourself and thrive through menopause. Hmm. And I suppose we took, you were mentioning on the likes of uh, estrogen in the body uh, building up. Are there foods that you recommend to take out at certain times uh, for particular women, such as maybe soya or dairy, even at that fact? So soy isn't, you know, there were some studies, soy is safe to, to, to consume. I know there have been different studies at different times. I would always refer to a dietitian and show what they have, you know, their uh, evidence-based, the soy is actually fine. So um, the foods I particularly look at, particularly for me, because I have to take blockers of estrogen. So I cannot have, my cancer is aggressive, fed on estrogen. So I cannot have any estrogen. So I'm looking for all those effects. I'm missing those, you know, the brain fog, all those different things that I have because I don't have any estrogen. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at the foods. Phytoestrogens are plant chemicals and they mimic estrogen in the body. For someone like me with a hormone positive cancer, I'm allowed to take those. But I mean, you always just check with your own oncologist. So phytoestrogens, if you think of flax seeds, soy, lentils. There are three easy examples of foods that you can include in your daily diet that could mimic estrogen in your body. So I, you know, I have looked into it in terms of the soy. So I, I for example, isoflavin is the, um, the one that you would get in soy, and I can't take that uh, in a supplement form, but from food, I can have it no problem. I would want to take tons of it in the food for it to be making the same effect as the, the supplement, but they are, they're my friends. So um, soy, I love particularly in soy, the unprocessed soy, as in the edamame bean, the young baby soybean. I think that's absolutely brilliant. You can add it into smoothies, add it into salads. You can make a dip with it. There's stir fries, curries, so many different ways you can use them and always have them in the freezer ready to, ready to go, or you can actually buy them in um, tins or containers now. Flax seeds are fantastic. Now, we can't actually digest flax seeds. So if you're having whole flax seeds on top of your porridge or your cereal, yogurt or whatever, that's fantastic. It will help keep you regular, but you won't get the omega-3 and the other nutrients and the phytoestrogens that we're looking for from them. So I get them ground or sometimes you can have a mixture of both. So that's, oh, I make a beautiful flaxseed chocolate bar with um, 
dates and nuts and flax seeds all bound together with chocolate and coconut on top and it's really really nice and you just know when you're having that one small square it is just loaded with nutrients so it's really good to to nourish you and lentils big fan of lentils so i do it at this in the summertime i will do a lentil salad where you can either cook uh, the green lentils or poi lentils or you drain them rinse it and then I will add in uh, capers, lemon zest and juice, olive oil, pepper, salt, a bit of onions and top it off with chopped nuts and you've got a fantastic oh, organic cherry tomatoes that you'll have grown yourself um, and you add it in and you've got a great salad or winter time I'll do something more like a red lentil dal. So those type of foods are um, really good in terms of avoiding dairy. I personally wouldn't but if there's individual you know if, if that's what you've been um steered towards then that's absolutely fine but just make sure you are getting calcium from somewhere else because your estrogen is uh, dropping and you're going to need to you know make sure you have enough calcium to for your bone density going forward and you recommend the calcium coming from the likes of greens or what other so what food sources would you recommend for Exactly. Okay, so if you're not having it from dairy, if you can have tin sardines, that will be fantastic because you're getting all of the bones through that. We can mention um, shines because they're extremely beneficial. We both enjoy the two of those products and they're an Irish based uh, product based in Killy Beggs. I love them. I mean, it's less than, two euro, <laughs> less than two euro a tin and I have the sardines and mackerels there in a tin and then I will have the lentil salad or whatever salad I made the night before and there's my lunch ready to go so the calcium from there or the grains or uh, your dairy if you're having it or potentially you might need to um, substitute depending on what other dietary you know where your other gaps are yeah and I love the way is what you do we're doing right now is you're recommending food uh, instead of supplements because and fed, as medicine because food is medicine the whole idea is a lot of people will be taking supplements and the idea of a supplement is most certainly to supplement what you cannot get from your diet because for the most part people are not eating real foods they're not cooking from scratch and so that's one of your whole ethos i suppose yeah so come for example with the the joint pain was one of the the symptoms of the menopause that i suffered with badly and uh, so what I do is I'll try and have oily fish most days. Maybe I'll have it four days a week. And um, then if I'm having things with lovely, good quality, extra virgin olive oil derivative o- over the salad, I'm happy with that. But if there's a day that I don't, I'll then supplement with the omega-3. So that's the way I personally work things. Food first and then supplement after if I feel my diet isn't rich enough in each of the, the different nutrients that I need. Yeah, and, and that's, I suppose, for the most part, the way people should treat their, I suppose, overall health, eating as many single ingredient foods as you possibly can. And I find a lot of the time people are under eating breakfast, they're under eating lunch, and then they tend to binge eat at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, it's all about planning. I have there's a planner you can download that I have that you can set up your your week's planning and on the back of it, there's a shopping list. So if you plan, it takes away the stress of what's for dinner. I mean, if you've got young kids and teens and that question can just cause so much stress for people at the end of a busy day, if you have it all planned out there and you've done your shopping, you can just quickly go in and make a quick meal or if that's the day you're taking a meal from the freezer or whatever it might be but just sit down and plan things to make sure that you are getting the full array of um you know colored vegetables and fruit and whole grain and protein that you need for the whole week so planning can really help hmm. and i suppose touching on that there the like the course that you're currently doing with people it's a six-week uh, 
based uh, menopause cooking course. Could you further expand on that and what that involves? I suppose telling the listeners a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. So the idea is that if you are, it's like if you know a storm is coming, you're going to batten down the hatches and be prepared. So from 40 onwards, if you're a woman, you know perimenopause is going to come knocking on your door. So be prepared. So the idea with this is that you want to eat a healthy, balanced diet and have a really good lifestyle. So what I do is I break it down into six weeks and say, for example, the first week, it's about eating for brain health. So I will talk about the nutrients that are necessary for brain health. And then I will explain the foods that you might get it from and then the recipes from there so that you can kind of go, OK, I need something for brain health. Great. I'm going to goo this aubergine, walnut and lentil ragu. That's going to give me all the nutrients I need for that. You can look at the foods that you like and don't like and you can kind of say, OK, well, I'm a bit weak, perhaps on the food for brain health. Maybe I could make a few small changes, etc. So what I do is each week I go through that and then I will cook four dishes in real time. So it'll vary from breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. You, you, I mean, you get a whole ebook with it and there's over 75 different recipes in that ebook. So one, so it's really eating for healthy for the whole family. It's not just for menopause. So um, the first week is eating for brain health. Then we've got eating for inflammation and joint stiffness, eating for immunity, eating for mood, heart health and eating for the overall health. That's where I would take in a lot of um, sleep and reduce. <clears throat> excuse me, sleep and reducing stress, etc. So each of those weeks, you get all of the information uh, related to that week. And then I cook the recipes in real time and you have uh, the ebook. Plus, I give loads of links to professionals. I mentioned about, you know, dietitians and um, nu uh, nutritional therapists and other professionals physios, et cetera, within that field, I will then share their professional content. So you're armed with loads of information in the one place so you can you can go on that. Yeah, I see on your Instagram, uh, you most certainly would share people's podcasts. Are there any particular individuals that you recommend people to check out? Ooh, okay, so you're putting me on the spot. Well, I do love Dr. Chatterjee um in the uk i think he's brilliant um also let me see sorry i have to have a quick look on which uh which one okay, i was going catching you on the hop yeah no dr I... rotten changes it's a difficult uh, name for me to say the remind spell <laughs> uh, yes he has a great podcast he has he is he is and um also louise newsome her podcast and her app etc is fantastic source of information for menopause just there's so many different bits and pieces there so that can be uh really helpful then you've got um midlife feast uh dr jen salib huber she's based uh, in the netherlands at the moment but she's a canadian uh, dietitian she's fantastic as well um yeah, so there's, yeah, you'll have to look at the different ones that I, there's so many. I, know, I, I just to. said, if there was one that popped to mind, I didn't want to catch you out. <laughs> That's it, I have you, you're done. <laughs> uh, another one actually who's very similar to uh, Dr. Rotten Changerji is the fact of uh, Dr. Rupi. Have you ever come across him? Dr. Kitchen. Yes. I love yes, him. Yes, he's great he as well. Yeah, he's great. Do you know what I mean? Again, he's a whole food, holistic food is medicine kind of guy, uh, similar to, I suppose, our both, um, ethos to I suppose health yeah no he's fantastic and he's constantly putting content up there he's must have a great team with him and he's got a really good app as well mm, his app has just I think come out he was just only coming back after coming back I think from his stag from America okay there you go <laughs> I'd follow him fairly religiously and I suppose the last thing like 
how do you make, I want you to give I suppose, the listeners maybe three takeaway tips for making cooking healthy for, I suppose, whether they're listeners uh, to this, whether they're male or female, making it simple for them. I love that recipe that you had up there very recently, the, uh, in Deme, the recipe with the peas involved and the whole lot of it. Yeah, so I, first of all is plan. You got to plan. So, um, and make it easy. So make one effort yield lots. So, for example, that edamame pea and mint salad that I'll make, I'll make one and it'll do me for a couple of days. I can have it with the tuna or the mackerel the next day for my lunch. If I make, um, you know, a curry, I'll make a large batch and I will put some in the freezer. So on the day that I'm really busy, I just take that straight out of the freezer. So um, plan would be definitely be number one. Um, two, in terms of shop, try and shop in season, ideally organic and grow your own, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, buy local. It just drives me bonkers when I go into the supermarket and we are flying green beans from all over the world. Uh, cook in season and eat a variety of um, fruit and vegetables and take easy steps. I'm kind of throwing in an extra one, but maybe the next one I'd say is water. So water is so important. So if you can drink as much water as you can, pretty much a day, front load in the morning. So take um, a couple of glasses first thing in the morning. That's the easiest way to do it. But a trick I learned recently that I wasn't fully aware of is don't drink within 20 minutes either side of eating a meal. So you want your digest. I used to drink a lot of water while I'd eat, but you are diluting your digestive enzymes. So stop drinking before you eat eat your meal and then only for after 20 minutes later, drink again. Actually, I've noticed a, a difference with it. I just feel a little bit better Whereas I used to drink so much water with a meal. So they'd probably be my three tips. Geez, I'm definitely going to use that one myself, drinking more water before meals. And that definitely would uh, get people to supposed to be fuller. And as a result of that, maybe uh, not eating or tend to overeat, which can happen a lot of individuals. But yeah, I'll definitely be incorporating that one in. Super. Yeah. And I suppose I just want to finally wrap up. And I know that you have a, certainly have a book coming up very soon. I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about that before we wrap it up. Fantastic. Thank you. Yes. So um, not too sure on the timing of the book. It's depending on the on the publishing route. But we have Cook, Eat, Nourish is my ethos. So I'll show you how to cook and then you will eat and you will nourish yourself and all of those around you. So it's Cook, Eat, Nourish through menopause. So it's more or less what I've spoken about in the course, but it's going to be in one book with lots of photographs. You can see exactly how it's all going to turn out. They are simple, easy recipes. But the idea is you plan, you make one effort, yield lots and you are empowered to nourish yourself and those around you. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, stay tuned for more as it was info on the likes of Fiona's book. Yeah, Fiona, where would the best place for us was the listeners to either find out about you or your course that you have running at this moment in time? Well, come on, my website is fionasfoodforlife.ie and I guess on social, I'm probably most active on Instagram. Again, that's Fiona's Food for Life. Brilliant. Well, I'll be tagging that up all on the likes of the show notes so people can go over it and directly in contact you personally. Just to suppose that I'd like to say thanks so much for coming on and uh, yeah, sharing the positive message about how to improve your health, whatever age or symptoms you do currently have. Super. Thank you very much for having me, Coleman, and best of luck with your book. Thanks so much. All right. This is a quick intro to the latest of the events that 
I am running. It is the Organic Fitness Retreat on the 26th of August. If you want in three days of fun-filled activity, okay? Two nights, all accommodation, all foods inclusive. You have organic fruits and vegetables in season brought to the likes of the event by myself, the organic grower, and the personal trainer at it. There is grounding sessions starting in the morning. Following that, I will be starting and kicking that off bright and early. Get up and at it. Start and attack the day. Then we go on to the likes of yoga with Karen uh, Russell. And we then have meals that are cooked by a qualified nutritional therapist, Cara O'Donnell. And you have activities such as hill walks, saunas in what in season not only that but in-house saunas on site and a large polytunnel out the back far doing talks on how and why organic food and chemical free food is so beneficial towards your health that's the next activity that will be an event on in mayo i would love to see you there if you're looking to come hit me up in the dms on instagram facebook or tiktok or send me an email and then following that you most certainly can book it on eventbrite it's on the good great stuff retreat on instagram but yeah hit me up talk soon and you know the drill keep it organic you're listening to coleman power on the organic fitness podcast